Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson. Oh boy, what what hey, we have something for everybody tonight. Yes, we do. <laughs> How you been doing today, Greg? Man, I've I've been blessed. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for nine PM Eastern Standard Time because we have one of our favorite one of our most favorite people in the world on tonight. <laughs> if you've ever gone through anything in your life, tonight is the night for you to get over with it. I hear that. I'm going to get over it. You know, Greg, I um, I have a friend of mine that's been going through some stuff, you know, and every now and then I try to encourage him and, you know, try to tell him, man, it's not going to be that, you know, it's not that big of a deal. You know, you got to look at it as a positive. You know, you can't all every time something happens, you can't always just fly off the handle and go berserk and go crazy because people are looking for, I say the people that are trying to get at you, they're looking for you to respond that way. That's right. You know, they're looking for you to just throw your hands up and say, man, that's it. Forget it. You know, because he's going through some issues on his job, and, you know, they keep piling on more work and more work, and, you know, he can't handle the work, and he's telling them, look, this this is just too much for one person. And it seems like every time you turn around, there's something else that's going on where somebody else has said, well, here, here's something else you need to do, or here's something else you need to do. And it's become overwhelming. You know, and, you know, he's talked to his supervisors about it, and they know about it, and, you know, they're not really helpful. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he's he's ready to just pack it in. And I keep telling him, man, don't give up. Don't give up. I say it's a test. you got to be able to pass the test. That's right. That's right. And you know what, Brian, this is the thing. We all have to go through things in our life. We need to understand that the, the terrible things that happen to us, the, the things that make us suffer the most, that's when our character is being built. Now, none of us like it. Mm-mm. And we'll pray out and we'll cry out to our Father to to stop it right now. No, don't ask Him to stop it. Ask Him to give you the strength to carry you through it. Because if you stop it, something you're going to miss something in that. And Brian, one thing I like, about our guest tonight. You and I, we called her before the show just to touch bases with her. Did you hear the song that was playing on her cell phone? <laughs> Imagine me. <laughs> Imagine me. Who would have ever thought the lady that we have on the show tonight would be here doing what she's doing? And Brian, you heard the last time she was on the show, the interview that she did. It was such a powerful show. It was one of the one, It's one of the ones that Everybody's always asking me, when will you have Livy Stiff back on? When will you have the best-selling author? I want to hear her speak again. But, Brian, who would have ever imagined that she would be where she is today? And when I say who, I'm talking about the dream killers that tried to destroy her, mm-hmm. the ones that attacked her when she was a little girl, the ones that attacked her when she was married. But guess what, Brian? She didn't give up, and she's still here. And I, I guarantee you some of the ones that are out there, when they see her books in all the stores and they see it on the on the Internet and, and, and they see her probably going, I think she's about to go over to the United Kingdom. Now what they're saying, imagine that. 
<laughs> Not imagine me, but imagine that. I tried to kill that dream. Say lie. <laughs> I tried to kill that dream in that person. I was sent to destroy that dream, but look. Now, I may have caused her some pain and, and, and some sorrows, but she made it. She's still doing it. And, Brian, you and I talk all the time, and we always say life will do two things. It'll make us bitter or it'll make you better. Make you bitter or better. You know, Greg, I was thinking about her story. And if anybody knows her, about her story, it's just amazing that, you know, um, I, can re- I can go back to our first time when we interviewed her. And we talked to her prior to, and, you know, she told us a little bit about herself. And then she really opened up to us, you know, during the interview. Yes. And I can recall when she, when we tried to call her, we couldn't get her after the show. Mm-hmm. You know, and she just called, you know, when we finally were able to talk to her, she says, I'm free. That's right. You know, and so even today, you know, in the midst of all she's gone through and the ups and the downs, she's still having breakthroughs. That's right. I mean, and that's, that's, that's encouraging for me because you know how somebody goes through something and then they have a breakthrough, and then people say, oh, yeah, she had a breakthrough or he had a breakthrough. And, you know, you figure, okay, now you go on about your merry way and nobody ever hears about you again. But here it is. She is living proof that you can have more than one breakthrough. That's right. So without any further ado, we would like to introduce to some and present to others That's the best-selling <laughs> author and soon-to-be award-winning author, Olivia D. Stiff. Olivia, are you there? I'm here. Welcome again to the Button Solutions Hour. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, happy I'm New just, Year. I'm almost in tears. <laughs> you know, wow. You know what, Olivia? When I heard the message on your voicemail or, or, or the ringtone that you have, it did something to me. I was listening to it, and you didn't answer, and, you know, we left a message for you. I was listening to the words, and that's such a powerful song, Imagine Me. Yeah, it is. That's a theme song for a lot of people out there. And I particularly like that song because, as you were saying, Greg, mm-hmm. imagine me. And that's all I can say to the dream killers. Imagine me. Imagine, look where I am now. And it's because the Father loves me. And had faith in, well, faith had, he had instilled something in me. And he knew that he had to keep me going through the obstacles to get where I am, not only because of myself, but because of the other people that he has set me here to have an impact in their lives. So Mm. I couldn't give up. Mm. Yes, yes. And the topic of tonight's show is not giving in when life wants you to give up. And I'm going to give out our call-in number. It's 718-508-9600. That's 718-508-9600. Call in if you have a question or a comment, or if you're in your car and you just want to listen. If you have to leave the house, you can still listen to the Abundant Solutions Hour via telephone. Yes, yes you can. Brian, I want to, I want to say this to, to Olivia. All of the pain and all of the heartache that you went through, mm-hmm. and now you have these two wonderful books. That are, your new book is coming out. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. But all of those nights of tears, all those nights of waking up at night, 
can't go by you can't go back to sleep. You're wondering how in the world am I going to get through this? And all those it's going to be over. <laughs> yeah, and all those nights you wanted to give up. Every right. time you wanted to give up, a, a little sunshine, or a, a, a ray of light would come in there, and you would gain your strength. You would gain your strength. And I want to say this: everything that you went through was designed for this moment right now. That somebody is listening, that's going through the same thing, will be healed. Exactly. I mean, when you're actually going through things um, such as sexual abuse, um, domestic violence, problems with people that are close to you, family, friends, rejecting you, you you don't see the good in it because it's painful. Yes. But the breaking is in the making. When you get when you're getting broken, actually you're being molded, and it took a while, and I, I'm not one to sit and say it was I always took the right avenue to get out of it, but I learned and I took the bad. And I realized the best thing that you can do to people that have that dream-killing spirit is to keep pushing and prove the wrong. And it's not easy, but you can pray. And prayer was the key to me getting through not only me, but others out there interceding for me. And it wasn't a road that I got through on my own. And you can't do it. I mean, you know, some people say I can do it by myself. You can't do it. But somebody's going to be out there. Somebody's going to be sent in your life to help you get through. And you just have to keep the faith. If I just hold on, that breakthrough is going to come. And... All those years, I didn't see the good in it at all. But now, I look at myself a year ago, and I had my sister. She was calling, listening to the first interview, and she was like, is that you? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's me because, you know, when you sit in a place and you see your vision and your destiny and your purpose ahead of you, but you're looking at the natural circumstances, you're looking at, how can I do this with no money? How can I do this when I don't have people supporting me? How can I motivate myself? Because your biggest enemy is going to be yourself. You can ignore the people. You can ignore um, different things that's around you. But that mind, that is the greatest battle that you have to overcome, and that takes faith and prayer. Because even now, I go through my times that you're never going to stop having obstacles. They're always going to be there. But as you go through them, you should gain wisdom on how to come through them in a better manner or more, you know, learn how to take new avenues that normally you may have not taken when you didn't have as much wisdom. And so as you go through this and you go through things, as I said before, it's always someone that's going to come there that knows a little more than you. There's going to be someone that's been through more than you. And it's like they're like your, I call them my handmaidens or my nursemaids or the men and women that come in my life like, like you all. When I'm going through, they call, keep doing it, you can do it. 
Look at where you're going. And these people are what helps push you. So it's it's a effort where it's not only you doing it, but it's God sent people that's helping you go through. They help you pass what I call the dream killers. Yes, yes, that's so true. Olivia, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back in about one minute. The Daily Tribune Classified section, may I help you? Yeah, I'd like to place an ad for an apartment I'll be renting out. Okay, how should the ad read? Uh, Sunny one bedroom, 850 square feet, modern kitchen, hardwood floors, $1,000 a month rent. Available immediately, unless you're African American, Hispanic, Asian, Middle Eastern, Indian, or a member of any other minority group. Okay. Uh, apartment is also unavailable if you are female, have children, a disability, or believe in a non-traditional religion. Anything else, sir? No, yeah. Can we add that pets are okay? Certainly. Unfortunately, housing discrimination isn't always this obvious. If you think you've been a victim because of your race, color, national origin, sex, religion, disability, or family status, call 800-669-9777 or visit HUD.gov. Fair housing, it's not an option, it's the law. Brought to you by HUD and the Ad Council. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour, and our guest tonight is the award-winning, best-selling author, Olivia D. Stith. Brian, I think you had a question for Ms. Stith. Yes, you know, you were talking about the folks that, that come around you, that, um, and I think Greg earlier mentioned the dream killers. And, you know, those people that come around that want to kill your dream. My question is, how do you know when that person is either there to kill your dream or confirm it? Well, basically, you really don't know when they first come in your life. The ones that are like the sheep in wolves' clothes, I mean, the wolves in sheep's clothes. <laughs> and um, basically, for me, I, I give people the benefit of the doubt. I don't. Some people you can actually catch in your spirit that something is not right. Mm-hmm. Then there there are people that will come in your life. They can input things that it appears your progress is you're being productive, but somewhere down the line things start taking a turn. It may be the little things they start saying. Um, usually. They come with little things that make you doubt yourself or you have the ones that actually try to take over. Um, When you start seeing signs that it's feeling in your spirit, because I always go by what I feel in my spirit, because you try the spirit by the spirit. And when I start seeing and feeling things are getting a little awkward or start seeing signs that the person is trying to take over, that they're starting to input negative thoughts in my mind, that they're causing me to doubt or I'm feeling uncomfortable, I step back a little bit. Because sometimes we can be so close in a situation with a person that it could just be that we're reading, reading things wrong or taking things wrong. And once again, it goes to just staying prayed and fasted up and just, keeping that communication open with prayer, and you will be able to start seeing things not only in the natural but spiritual. And one thing that I realize, I always say that when something has life in it, it's going to grow. And and not only grow, when like if we're all connected and doing something that's growing, 
you not only I'm going to grow, but you're going to grow. Yeah. So it's not just you're putting in me, because if you put two plants in good soil, one plant is not going to just grow. Both plants are going to grow. And if we're on this foundation working together, both of us are going to grow. But what happens is that person will try to choke you out. And a lot of people, what gets a lot of people messed up is not the ones that you actually expecting. It's those that are sitting in your camp. Know your emotions. Know the way you think. Know how to get to you. They know what to say to get you in that mode that maybe I can't do it. And, see, it's a slow death. It's a slow death because what happens is we're so used to them treating us in the positive way that when that negative starts coming in, we don't know how to address it. And you know what? Let me say this, um, Olivia. When you start writing your books and things start happening for you and you start flying all over the place uh, with your speaking engagements and people, you're doing your book signings and all this wonderful stuff, mm-hmm. you're growing. Now you have people that say, well, you know, Olivia, I want to help. I want to help you do this. But these are the ones that said that you couldn't do it, but right. now they want to help. But their intentions are not good. Right. They're being sent to try to destroy what you're doing. Right. How do you deal with those people? And you just said that. You're used to the positive, but in this situation, you're used to the negative, but now they want to be positive. So how do you deal with that? Well, my thing is, once again, I look at the motives. And motives, a person's motives eventually are going to become clear if you're actually looking forward. And I'm not saying you walk in a situation always doubting a person, but you have to walk in a situation with your eyes wide open. You have to have your ears and eyes open. And also you have to be surrounded by people, once again, because you can't do this by yourself, that you have actually trust and and have built up a rapport with, that when they see things that you may not can see, that they know how to come to you and bring it to your attention. Now, my thing is I know people do things and some people realize they were wrong and come back for forgiveness. I have went through that recently with someone. They started out with me. And once I start progressing, um, the enemy came in and basically almost destroyed the relationship. Well, my thing is this. I can't change the way people think. I can't change the way that people may want to do things and with the wrong motives. But I can control how I let them impact my life. And once I start seeing that these people were coming, claiming they had changed, were bringing the same type of energy, I had to think what's more important, me sitting here with this stuff eating inside of me, not saying nothing or addressing it. And what happened is you start developing a boldness when you realize your purpose and you are determined that you're going to reach it, this God-given purpose, you develop a boldness. It's just like you have this baby. You're not going to let somebody kick you in the stomach. You're going to protect that baby. So you're going to, you, so basically it's either this, either we're going to do this together the way the vision is given to me or we have to go our separate ways. And that is the hardest thing to do, to tell someone, you know, we went this far together, but now I just feel something is not right. I feel that it's something there that's making me uncomfortable. And that's hard. It's easy to tell someone that we, you know, may not know, but when that is your sister, your brother, 
your co-worker that's been there for 20 years, that's hard. But the thing is, are you going to let them kill you or are you going to rise up and live your dream and keep going forward? Because what happens is when that one person leaves, a new person is going to come and help you birth that baby. You're not going to birth that thing alone. I have been surrounded by so many new people that it's amazing, people that don't eat, have never met me in their life, but they would pick up the phone and, what have you done? Have you written anything today? Have you did this? And they, I know by the spirit of that person that it's genuine, that they don't have arterial motives. And you know the greatest thing is when you have people helping you and not expecting nothing in return. That's a rarity. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I have a comment and then a question behind that. My comment is when you were talking about the people that, you know, that when I asked you that question earlier about how do you know whether that person has good intentions or not for you or if that person is there to kill your dream or to help you birth that dream, so to speak, you know, it made me think about something. The more you get comfortable with that person, mm-hmm. the more they reveal their intentions. Right, right. And so... What what typically happens is when you're in that when you're in that particular relationship or you know that friendship what have you initially all you see is what they show you. That's right. You know it's sort of like when you're in a relationship uh, with a spouse or or a girlfriend or a boyfriend or what have you. You know and y'all go to the movies they put up this big mask and see we all wear masks because we all want to project the person that we want to want people to believe we are versus the person that we really are. And sometimes they are the same person, you know. But they see this mask, that's that that mask that you put up there that says, this is me. Right. But then, you know, they don't know anything about the fact that, oh, hey, well, you know, that mask is all great, but you really have smelly feet and you don't wash them. So I know anytime we're together, I better not be too close to your feet. You know what I mean? Exactly. And so the closer, the more that you get comfortable, the more you open yourself up to them, the more they open themselves up to you. And if you're really paying attention, you'll find out their true intention. That's right. And so I said all that to say, what what's the next step? I mean, what's the next uh, what's the next step in the process? Now you know their intention. But you're already deep in the mix. Well, I have talked to several people that's been actually in situations like that, and I tell them the same thing. You basically have no choice. Either you stay in it or sever the ties because it's poison Mm -hmm. that's coming from them. And poison eventually is going to kill you. It's a very, as I said, slow death because the enemy is going to come in a, a way that is very subtle, nothing. You know, we try to always guess how something's going to happen, and the things that we actually look for to happen usually don't happen, but the things that we least expect from the people that we least expect are usually the agents that are sent because one thing that we have to realize in this Some people are just seasonal people. Some people just have a season in our life to do certain things. And what I was saying to Greg today, 
when you have a baby, you go to an OBGYN. That's your doctor. And you go to that doctor because he specializes in the situation that you're in. But once I have that baby, I don't need an OBGYN full time. I need a pediatrician. Now, what happens is it doesn't mean that that doctor doesn't have skills or some knowledge that my pediatrician has, but in order for my child to get to that next level in growth, I have to focus more on with the doctor that is um, skilled and qualified to take care of that child. But uh, bring that to people. Some people may have a little bit of what we need, and then when they feel like they can take it to the next level, they may not have what it takes to take us to the next level. And that's when that poison starts getting in. They try to put their ideas, their doubts and views because they don't have the skills to take care of the level of our dream that we're in. So they try to make up things and add things, and it just brings down our spirit. And the only way you can get out of that is you have to address the issue and move forward. And one thing that you were saying, you have to remove that mask. Because when you remove the mask, it shows this is who I am. This is where I'm going. And when you look at where you're going and the people around you, even they are moving with you or they are sitting still on the side of the road. Now, you can load your back up with a lot of baggage, but you're going to be dragged down. But if you are walking, and I'm walking, we both getting there together, you can't afford to walk around with baggage and not release that from you, or it's going to take you down. Right. And, I, and there's an old thing I always used to hear, and I want to tell all the listeners this as well. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Right. And what I mean by that is a lot of times when you get to that point where you have to, you know, cleanse yourself from that relationship, you know, when you have to sever those ties when you have to get cleaned up because somebody then messed you up. Right. Don't throw out that dream. Don't right. throw that dream away. Right. You know, because typically we get so upset about the fact that this person that was supposed to be helping me or this person that was along the ride for the ride with me in this dream turned out to be a dream killer. Right. And so we are so busy trying to sever the ties, you know, sever that relationship with, with that dream killer that we end up killing the dream right ourselves. and what happened and I realized this when i when I first started out i um you know it's a learning that when you first start out in anything it's a learning experience, and I started out working with some people in different areas, and then things started to move faster than I even expected, and doors started to come open, and the things that I had to do required people that were more qualified in certain areas. And what happened was I was trying to work with people that were not qualified in those areas. So what happened was things started slowing down and not happening. Now what happened is people don't want to take responsibility or be accountable for things, and they start making you feel it's you that's slowing stuff up. It's you. But really, it's because they are not qualified to walk with you on that next level. It's not making them a bad person, but when people try to turn themselves into something that they are not qualified to be, mm-hmm. that's where the problem comes in. You may be going to dental school, 
But if you don't have all the skills and qualifications of a dentist, you still can't operate on my teeth. Now, you may know a little bit about being a dentist, but you don't know the full scale of things. So instead of people getting offended, we need to realize what is our place in this person's life. What is this person's place in my life? Not force things to happen that's not meant to happen with that particular person because it's not only going to damage you and them, but it's going to destroy a friendship like you say that normally um, may have progress, but we're trying to make people and put people in places that they are not meant to be. Mm. Yes. Olivia, Olivia and Brian, we're going to take a 30-second break, and we'll, we're coming right back. And, Olivia, when we come back, I have something that – uh, that I want to talk about that's going to really help uh, a lot of people break through a lot of the pain and hurt from the past. Okay. And uh, we know that you're strong enough to uh, talk about it. Right. Okay. Yes, we'll be back in 30 seconds. I was the last one of all my friends to do it. After I did it my first time, I told everybody I had such a big mouth about it. You got all that energy flowing inside, and you go in and commit. 20 million women didn't vote in the last presidential election. This November 7th, do something really important for your country. Vote. It's a beautiful thing. Sponsored by Women's Voices, Women Vote, a nonpartisan organization that does not support or oppose any candidates. Yes, if you're just joining us, you're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Tonight, our guest is uh, the award-winning Olivia Deed Stith. She's a, the author of God is My Lover, Why Is My Bed So Cold? And she's got another book that's coming out, and I'll let her talk about that book in uh, just a few minutes. But, Olivia, so many women right now uh, went through some things when they were little that they can't tell anyone. They can't share this information with anyone but the person, the ugly person that did this to them and God. Right. And they want to move on with their life. And now, nowadays we have men. It happened to them when they were little boys. Right. And, and I'm talking about molestation. Right. And, you know, the hurting thing about all of this is it's not our enemies that do this to us. Mm-hmm. It's not our enemies that did this. It's the people. It's family. And Brian, heard, you know, he hears me say this all the time. There's no hurt like family hurt. Right. Now, some uncle, we call them uncles, have hurt so many and destroyed so many little girls' lives, you know, that they, they're, they're the young part of their lives, and now they're older. It's probably in the back of their mind, but at some point it's still coming to the front. Mm-hmm. How can this grown-up right now that's going through this, that's listening to this show, how can they confront this? How can they move this thing out of their life, so to speak. Well, um, I can relate to it because, as many people may know, in my first interview, that I had been raped several times when I was young. And one thing we have to realize that when we are born in this world, we have principalities and forces assigned to destroy us from day one. And it usually starts sometimes, usually with relatives, um, where we're looking for love and they come and destroy and take our innocence or we, you know, go through molestation, some women are raped. And basically what happens is 
it takes something from us, and you feel like, okay, I lost part of myself. How do I find myself? And a lot of ways we know a lot of women take the wrong avenue, and men. They turn to drugs, alcohol, um, sex, and all other outlets to try to define who they are. But the thing is, once I developed that relationship with God and sought him in prayer, I had to realize that I was allowing that person to, to still be a victor by giving them power and holding on to the past. But when I learned to forgive them, and also I learned to break that self-hate. And let me think about self-hate. Self-hate destroys dreams all the time. Wait, wait, Olivia, wait a minute just a second. You said you learned to forgive the person that hurt you? I had to learn to forgive because unforgiveness brings so many things with it, bitterness, rejection, um, humiliation. But when I forgave those men for what they did to me and realized that they were assignments sent to destroy my God-given purpose. These people that are sent to destroy us are assignments sent to us. And I started to get angry with the one that sent them and was able to forgive the human and fight against the one that sent them, the enemy. So therefore, in order for me to connect to the one that would give me power, I had to forgive and go to him and allow him to show me that a man does not validate who I am, that I have power when I forgive. I have power when I can love those who try to destroy me. And when I focus on the destroyer and not the ones that were sent to destroy me. See, my battle is I'm fighting the destroyer. I don't care about those trying to destroy me because no weapon form is going to prosper. So my focus is on the one that's trying to destroy. And one way that I get at him is to forgive and forgive and realize that my validation comes from above. That means I now see the woman that I truly am. I'm not that broken woman. I'm not that victim. I'm not that little girl. I'm not helpless. I'm empowered. I'm a strong woman because I'm looking beyond what happened and looking forward to where I'm going. I see what was tried, what was tried to be destroyed. I see what was tried. It was stopping me. Something wanted me to grow up with hate, with anger with bitterness against men. But when I release that with love and forgiveness and focus on my purpose, I didn't have time to focus on the bad things that happen. I can't change it, but I could be a life changer to other people that's going through it. I can't change what happened in my life, but my purpose is to be a life changer to those that have I come across because I had the victory over what I went through. So the victory comes when you can forgive and move forward and not let it hold you captive in your mind. When your mind is set free, like that interview I did, I was free because I used to couldn't talk about it. But when I was open and say, yes, this did happen to me, 
But as you said, imagine me now. Look at me now. Who would ever thought that this woman that went through that would be who she is, standing on platforms telling women, I don't care what you've been through. I don't care if you was raped, if you was rejected, if he walked out on you. It's somebody that never will walk out on you. And that's God. Keep your focus on him and let him show you who you are. You know, Liv, it, it, it's almost like you're reading my mind because I wanted to have, I wanted you to take us back to that point after the interview. Mm-hmm. Take us to that point when you were when you first realized that you were free. When after the interview, I believe I went, and I just I, I think I cried because I had released it. I, I released. You know when you put things out in the open, when you expose things, that breaks the power of those forces. When you expose it and say, look, I'm not ashamed, it's over. I got the victory. I'm controlling my emotions. I'm controlling my destiny. I'm controlling the emotions that I have because I have been empowered from above. I couldn't do it by myself because self would want me to hate But when I had a supernatural power given to me, I was able to walk in a position that I never could walk before. And when I realized that after that interview, I just had to take time and say, I'm there. I'm released because I have actually went public and said, this is what happened to me, but it don't control me now. And that took years, about what, 20, let me see, 13, about 30 years, about, well, not 30, but 20-some years. Mm-hmm. And it was at this time, was when my, at that time when I did it, when I knew my mother, my sisters, everybody was going to hear it. But I have no shame because I'm not a victim. I'm a very powerful woman in the kingdom because of God. And I can't afford to become a victim to people that were sent to destroy me. Why would I get no victory and power when they didn't destroy me? When I go now to their friends and family and talk and pray with them because they are on drugs and messed up, I pray for them. I pray for people that try to destroy me. That's how I hit back. That's how I fight back. You talk about me. I'm going to pray for you. And it takes time to get to that point. It's not easy. It's not easy because I have days that I want to scream. But once again, I have that network of people that's like a wall around me. Build yourself up around people that are positive, people that if you tell me you're an apple tree, I should see apples coming from you. But if I see oranges falling off, something's not right. <laughs> something you can you around us you're apple but oranges are falling off you something is not right judging so you fruit. know judging by the fruit exactly mm-hmm. so when I went through that it was a it took me to another level in my ministry and it was a release and I, so many people were blessed and blessed because I made it through they thought they had me, but I made it through. Mm, mm, mm. 
Mm-hmm. You know what? So many women right now are not married. They can't hold a relationship because they can't forgive. How did you start? How did you, when did you start and you felt that you could forgive the people that hurt you? When I start getting tired of walking around with a burden on me, I would get to a certain point and the mind would play tricks with you and little things would trigger things that happened in the past. It could be a song. It could be something someone said, and it would take me back. I could be, you know, you're at a certain point, and then the memories come, and now you're taken back. You're regressed back. I got sick of that. That's giving someone power. That's giving someone power when they can't, not even around you, but controlling your way of thinking. That's giving someone too much power over my life, and I had to start just praying, crying, talking to people. And you can't talk to everybody. But I found a source, you know, a person that I could talk to and tell them what happened. And I realized that the only way that I could get through it is to focus on not the person that did it, but the one that was sent, that one that sent them to destroy me. See, we don't need to really, and it's hard Look past the one that's doing you harm and look to the one that sent them. That's where your your arsenal needs to be targeted at. Because if I can break the stronghold that sent them, I may not, once again, it's about setting people free, setting the captives free. I'm free. But also someone else could be broken free too. You know, when you can make peace with your enemies, you're getting somewhere and maybe not actually speaking to them, but within your heart you have made peace. I could walk on the street and see these men today. I'm not going to have a flashback. I just see a man. You know, really I see a sad man, a broken man that needs help. I mean, I don't see him now, but this is how I had to condition my mind to think because I'm going to tell you, when you're out there, living your dream, going for what you call to do, and people start hurting you, you're going to go down if you let all that stuff, once again, build up in you anger, doubt, question, why are they doing this to me? Why would they say this? You can't focus on that. That's irrelevant. you got to focus on your purpose. You don't have time for that. So I had to practice. It was, it was, it's something I had to do daily. It's something I had to pray for daily. It didn't come easy because when someone hurt you and you didn't do a thing to them, that's hard. But it's a process. It doesn't come easy. But you have to condition your mind that this is what I want and be sincere about it. See, a lot of times we say things, but we're not sincere. And when your heart is sincere, you're gonna, your actions is going to start acting on something. You know, Libby, I was just thinking about... Um one of my favorite motivational speakers is um, Les Brown. Uh-huh. And he always talks about being in position for greatness. Right. So what do, what do you consider, uh, well, not what do you consider being in position, but what would you tell somebody about being in position? What What do you think is the position that you got into to achieve your current success. 
where Brian, it, wow, it, it was, it took a lot of mess ups. I'm telling you, it took a lot of mess ups to actually, and, and I'm laughing because one of my friends is probably listening now is Michael, and he always say, stay focused. Mm-hmm. Stay focused. <laughs> and I know he's laughing. He, he, he called me tonight, Livy, stay focused. Mm-hmm. You got to stay focused. And when you stay in focus, you can see this is where I'm supposed to be. And when you see where you're supposed to be, you're going to start doing things to get you there. And that's how you get in position. You've got to focus on a goal. Everything, you know, and, and I had a bad habit. I was trying to do a million things at one time. And when you're doing a million things at one time, you're not in any position because you're constantly moving. But you've got to stand still and pray and keep your eyes and your ears open to know when to move and where to be led and guided to to be in position. Because if you're not in the right position at the right time, you're going to miss out on a lot of things. And you may have to wait a little bit longer to get there. So being in position, I, let me tell you, I knew I was in position when things started flowing more freely. I won't, I didn't keep bumping into things. You know, for example, I'm walking, um, trying to get through a hallway, and the position is walking in the middle of the of, of the room. But I keep sliding this way, hitting this wall, hitting this wall. But I have to get in position in the middle of that room and walk forward. Once you get in the middle and you see where you're going and move forward, Things will start flowing easy. You won't be bumping into so many walls. Wall, you know, you're going to run into obstacles, but things are going to flow more freely. Yes. Olivia, we're going to take another quick break, and a 30-second break, and we'll be right back. And I have something. I have a question, a very important question that I want to ask you. So we're going to take a 30-second break, and we'll be right back. Okay. Brian, are you there? Hello, Brian. Treat me with understanding. Treat me with respect. Drug and alcohol addiction is an equal opportunity disease. Treat me without judgment. Individuals in recovery come from all walks of life and deserve to be treated with respect for winning one of the hardest battles there is. Treat me with courtesy. Treat me with humanity. Alcohol and drug addiction deserves proper treatment. For drug and alcohol information and treatment referral, call 1-800-662-HELP. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Tonight we have a powerful, powerful woman with us as our special guest. She's an, the, the award-winning author, Olivia Dietz Smith. Olivia, the question I have for you is now that you're traveling all over the place, you're doing interviews, you're doing book signings, you're just all over the place now, <laughs> you're doing your seminars and your workshops, and, and you have this thing now that's coming up about the Red Dress Affair Right, ladies in red. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're traveling now, when you're on your way to the airport, you're sitting in the airport, do you do you ever think to yourself, look at me now? You know, really, it's it's funny because sometimes I can't believe that it's me. You know, when I read letters or when people actually comment, I mean, it's, it's so funny when I went to a certain event, you know how they have the head table, I, I, that was just so not me. I wasn't 
the head table person and you know, and when you start going through these things, um, life does change. It does. You do have to make certain changes. And um, I couldn't, it's funny, you know, I, I laugh at my girlfriend because, you know, we sit here and sometimes we go through the old interviews. I'm like, is that me? But in a way, I'm glad that I don't see myself because maybe my head may swell up. You know what I mean? Yes. Maybe I need not to see myself because I, you know, when I read some of the things people say, I'm like, okay, some things I can speak out my mouth and go back and say, wow, where did that come from? And it's, it's, it's you know, I, it's God. I just, I don't see me. I don't. The things people say, um, I just don't see. I just see myself as a regular person. It's funny, though, that when you do go there and people give you honor and they treat you well, um, I just look at it as a blessing. And, you know, I just, I'm just me. And I guess that's why I can relate to so many people because I'm, I don't, you know, I only know how to act like Olivia. So, you know, when I'm sitting in the airport and I'm going this place and the next weekend I'm here, I'm like, I can't believe this, you know <laughs> <laughs> like is, I can't believe this, and you know you walk in the hotels and you have the gift bags. I'm like, wow. I mean, you are the. When one day I took my kids with me when I was on, and they were like, wow. So now my daughter, you know, you got to watch kids. She uh, was walking to one hotel. She was like, we don't have a kitchen here. I'm like, girl, please. <laughs> you know, so we don't have a kitchen. And it's like, girl, hush. I remember we was in, um, what, Motel 6 or whatever. <laughs> you know what? It's the thing about children, and, and this is something that I can't really fault them on, they have an expectancy. Yeah, exactly. That's what, exactly. They see I'm in my mode now because you start talking about kids. That's <laughs> Kids have an expectancy. They expect to be fed every day. Right. They expect that if they see something one way, when they come back, it should be the same way. That's right. You know, if I take you to a five-star hotel the first week, next week you go to a two-star hotel, they're going to be hey, wait a minute. Yeah, and that's, you know, kids will get like that. I was like, well, you know. Different people have different budgets, and I try to let them know it's not about this, but she was but, like, no. But here's my question on that. Shouldn't we have the same expectancy? Not that it will come to fruition each time. Right. But that should be the level that we that we look to attain to. I believe that we should always expect greater things. You know, exactly. Like my mom used to always, always say, oh, you have a champagne taste. Or she said, she said, you have a champagne taste, but we have a beer pocketbook. And I said, I would always say no. I have a caviar taste, and I don't like fish eggs. <laughs> you know, and, and I used to say that because not that I'm going to actually eat it, but this is what I expect to see. I expect to see great things. Right. So speaking on those great things that we expect to see, tell us about the new book that's coming out. Well, the the next book that's coming out is called "Lord Is Boaz Lost, or Am I Just in the Wrong Field." And really, this book is the next level of expectancy <laughs> from the first book. Um, this, the first book, If God is My Lover, Why Is My Bed So Cold, dealt more with the actual 
preparation, um, things that we had to do in getting our relationship with God and ourselves right before we actually were in the position to meet our mate. And also I dealt a lot with courtship and such. But this book, based on the book of Ruth, is being going through the transition and being, as you said, in position. And being in position is important because let me tell you, a lot of times in, when I was writing this book, when Ruth left Moab, and I call Moab in my book No Man Land, that's the dry place where you know you're dry, no relationship, everything is dead, no man land. And she had to journey to Bethlehem where God was feeding his people. And in my book, Bethlehem is that spiritual space, that position, that place you need to be in in order to be in position, to be seen, to be united, or to be given to your mate. And um, the book deals with the actual transition period, and um, it's, it's awesome. It, it just deals with, it goes very deep into um, things that you're going to be going through, things that um, is going to actually be happening. You don't know it because really when we out there working and doing what we're supposed to do, a lot of things are taking place that we don't even realize, and that book deals with that. And I'm just excited. It's you know I have it for pre-order on my website, and I have uh, I you know I always let someone else read excerpts of the book first. And this book is to me is as you said, Brian. I'm expecting greater things. This book to me is more powerful than the first one. Even the first one is awesome, and I, I praise God. But this book is taking it to a new level. And I'm excited about it, and it's just already the book is the the first book is doing great. It's been selling out in the UK, and once again, it's being in position, knowing where to be, knowing this is the season where this is supposed to happen, you know. And it's just being focused and doing what you have to do. How can we get your book? How can someone that want to order this book now? Where would they go? Okay, well, all both of the books can be ordered on my website, oliviasteff.com, and that's O-L-I-V-I-A-S-T-I-T-H.com. Or the um, If God is My Lover is available on Amazon.com. Okay. Olivia, we have about five minutes left. To those that are out there suffering, to those that are trying to position themselves, for those that are going through, they're in this transformation period, they're in this expectancy period, the ones that want to get married but they're allowing their past to dictate their future, what would you say to them? How can they get out of that? We have about four minutes left. Well, the first thing that they have to do is actually develop that relationship with God for him to actually show you your purpose. And once you find your purpose, start working on your life by releasing old baggage. You go into a new life. You go into a new dimension in all areas of your life. And the past is in the past. Release it. 
through forgiveness, release it through prayer, release it through medication, meditation. I said, Lord, not medication. (laughs) Well, some people try to release it through medication. And realize that everybody may not agree with you, but as long as you know the vision in your life, keep pressing for that. It's going to be people that's going to come. It's going to be people that's going to go. But don't be discouraged. Focus on what your purpose is and the man and the the car, the home, all those things are going to come in its proper season. But you have to be in position to receive. If you're not in a position to receive, you're never going to get what you actually call yourself expecting for. If you're expecting something, you're waiting for it, right? That's it. So expect things to happen and have a clear mind. So when it comes, you can see that it's for you. And you can do it. I don't care what happened in the past. I don't care what people say. Anything is possible when you put your trust in God. And that's basically how I've been doing it. And I I wouldn't change a thing about it. Just keep hope and faith and trust that if it's been imparted in you, it's going to be manifested if you have the faith to believe. Yes, and Olivia, you know, Brian and I were talking earlier before we got you that there have been there have been some some dark dark nights. There have been some ugly things that happen, but through it all, you've been faithful. You've been writing, right? You've been speaking. You've been traveling, and all of this is to help someone else. That's that's the whole purpose. It's not even about me. It's about them. And That's once what it's all about. We, yes, and once we all realize that we are here for each other, this would be a better world. That's it. This would be a better world. Brian, I'm sure you had some last minute comments for Olivia. I wanted her to just keep talking. <laughs> oh that could be a rage. <laughs> you know, but uh again we thank you for coming on. We always have a wonderful time and it seems like the time goes It goes fast. Fast, it goes fast. You're on. You know, and I think that's just a testament to just how the effect that you have on on time, right, and space, and you know this whole thing that that we deal with on our day to day lives, right. You know, a lot of people are going through things, people are having issues, people are having problems, but Greg and I, as we've been ending the show in the last couple of time, uh, last couple of shows, we want y'all to remember that the best is yet to come. The best, Olivia. The best. The, the best. best. The best. Nothing, yet to come. nothing else.
Somebody tell them, say, today is the first day of the best days of your life. 